good morning and welcome to Practice Laps, our daily discipleship podcast. I'm Chad Ballard, the lead pastor at Mount Vernon Baptist Church. This morning, I I want us to talk for just a little bit uh, about the story of the rich young ruler. And uh, and I think it's a a wonderful example to us of how sometimes we can just be really uh, well-versed in our religion, but actually miss the point of what walking with Christ and being a disciple is really all about. So let me read this story to you. I mean, uh, Matthew chapter 19, I want to read verses 16 through 30. And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do to it that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one who is good, but if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not commit murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept, what am I still lacking? Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were very astonished and said, Then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said to them, With people it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter said to him, Behold, we've left everything and followed you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that you who have followed me in the same regeneration, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you also shall sit upon the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or farms, for my name's sake, will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. You know, someone this week asked me about this very passage, and and we had a, a wonderful discussion about whether or not when Jesus says that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle uh, than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God, was that symbolic or was that literal? And, and I understand there's some there's some interesting possibilities that it's symbolism, but I think I think when you get when you start looking at that, it kind of misses the point. Because Jesus goes on to say, whether this is symbolic or not, uh, Jesus goes on to say, with with man, he says, when with people this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And, and so, if you understand the heart of this story, this rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, "What do I need to do to know that I have eternal life?" We might would say, "What do I need to do to know that I'm saved?" That would be our church kind of terminology for that today. And Jesus says to him, we'll we'll do all the things that the scripture says. Keep all the commandments. And and I always find it interesting that this rich young ruler says, I've done those things. Jesus never corrects him. Now, I find it hard to believe that this rich young ruler had actually kept all of those commandments perfectly. But I think Jesus was trying to get to the bigger point that the law is not going to make us perfect if we kept every bit of it. 
Uh, and, and we see that in the scripture in other places as well. But he points out that it's, he says, okay, then he says, go and get rid of everything else in your life. Go and sell all of your possessions. And, uh, and the man balked at that. The man, the man, it says that the man didn't do it because he was a man of, of many possessions. That strikes me as interesting because we tend to think this story is simply about wealth. And the fact of the matter is we can be rich in a lot of things and refuse to turn those things over. Uh, I think the, more, the most common thing that we refuse to turn over to God is our, our life itself. And, and understand that's a dangerous precedent to try to, sit, to try to set because the scripture could be clear that in order to be saved, we have to die to ourselves. I believe Jesus meant that quite literally, maybe not physical death, but we have to put aside all of our wants and our wishes and our will. We have to be dead to our self-interest and decide to live for Christ. I believe too many people have tried to get by with a cheap grace, and there's no such thing. Uh, grace was anything but cheap. It cost our Lord his very life. And so many people today are much like that rich young ruler. We don't want to put things aside. In, in this case, Jesus said wealth. In, in other people's case, it may be our comfortable life that we've established. Have you ever noticed it's easy for someone who has been through some struggle with addiction or their families have fallen apart and everyone's left them, it, it seems much easier sometimes for them to come to Christ because they're, they've empty, they're, they're empty. And, and I think that we all need to come to Jesus in an empty fashion. Too often we want to hang on to our own life. And I'm just telling you, hanging on to our own life, salvation is not possible that way. Uh, I believe quite literally we are to die. I believe that's what Jesus intend, intended when he said for us to die, is that we would die to ourselves completely. You know, I thought about that because God, God gave me a, a great illustration. I felt like in the middle of a sermon this week uh, that I just want to share with you. You know, uh, sometimes we want to hang on to too much. Uh, there's, there's a certain dignity in our life, and we don't want to let go of that. Um, I remember so well being uh, swimming on a barrier on the barrier reef in Belize. I was snorkeling. Always been a real strong swimmer, and on this particular occasion, I got stuck in a current. It's the only time I've ever experienced a a, a current like that that was washing me, and I, I couldn't fight it. I couldn't get back to the boat, and I'm swimming my absolute hardest trying to get back to the boat. And I realize with every stroke, I'm getting farther away from the boat and, and I'm getting tired. I don't think if the current were to stop right at that second, I really didn't think I would be able to have the energy to swim back to the boat. I, I was exhausted. And so I had a choice to make. I could cry out for help or I could drown in my dignity. Well, naturally, I cried out for help or I wouldn't be sitting here today. And, and, and so the the people on the boat swam out and, and brought me in. And I was worried what people would think. You know, I, I had a choice. I could cry out for help and, and, and take the chance that people might make fun of that or I could drown in my dignity and I chose to cry out. I believe in our spiritual life we have the same, we have the same conundrum. I, I believe today many people uh, need to cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, I never died to myself. I just tried to add some religion to my life. And to maybe today, you need to die to self. I would challenge you, cry out to God. Don't worry about what people think. People aren't going to think anything of it as much as you think they will. But I can tell you this, it sure beats the alternative of drowning in your dignity. 
So I hope you will cry out as God directs you and God gives you the God gives you the the inclination to realize that that's what you need to do. And that's today's practice lap and I hope that helps you to run the race well. <laughs>